Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Hey, welcome to the legal program. Haley Dickey joins me from Integra Law. Haley, how are you today? Doing well. How are you, Brian? I was going to say adequate, but uh, the cheeriness in your voice makes me think maybe I'm doing a little better than adequate. I think I'm doing all right. Good. I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) I'll tell you what. uh, Whatever cold snap was waiting to to hit us, hit. Like a ton of bricks. It's crazy out there. I know, and we're supposed to... I mean, there's a possibility of snow tonight. What? Which... Which, I mean, I think this is a little earlier than than usual, but I think we always have, like, a pre-Halloween or Halloween snow, so I'm I'm okay with it. It'll get warm. It's supposed to warm up again. Look at you, rolling with the punches. Yeah. I wish I had your wisdom and flexibility. Now, for (laughs) for those who don't know you, let's assume that there's some people hearing you for the first time, and they're saying, Haley Dickey with Integra Law. Um, I wonder who she is. Could you kind of fill in some gaps for us? Absolutely. I'm a family law attorney. I practice practice pretty exclusively family law. And um, I this show is produced for the purpose of providing some information regarding divorce, custody matters, guardianship, really anything that, that has to do with family and um, sort of regulating behaviors between family members. So Okay. And as, as we've learned over the weeks in our conversations, this is, is pretty complex stuff, the kind of stuff that uh, you don't want to go to your friends on Facebook or Twitter to get advice. You really need a family law attorney. And in fact, let's, let's go ahead and, and, and put the disclaimer out there for even though we're talking about uh, some legal matters and whatnot, people need to understand what. So I'm not providing any legal advice. Um, the information that I'm providing during this program should be considered general information. Um, nothing that I say should be construed as legal advice. And I'm not creating, if somebody calls in, I'm not creating any sort of client-attorney relationship with, with anybody that I talk to. Okay. Very good. Well, where do you want to take us today on our journey of understanding family law? So last week I talked a lot about TROs, temporary restraining orders. And I kind of, uh, we touched on what that is, what, why they are used in courts, um, and, and the kind of relief that can be sought by the use of that tool. Um, what I want to talk about this week has a little bit to do with that. Um, I've talked about it a little bit before, but I'm going to talk about it in a different context, and it, this is the relocation statute. So um, a lot of times in custody disputes, one party will live in a different state than the other party, right? And the child will be, you know, living with with one parent and the other parent will be living in another state. And this obviously creates a little bit of hardship in terms of parent time. Um, the court has rules for the regulation of the party's behaviors and tries to really discourage parties from just picking up and moving with their kids, Right. It's definitely um, harmful to the the parental relationship that the child has with the parent that isn't moving from the state and obviously will affect that relationship. There's no question, right? So 
the court takes relocation really seriously. They, the legislature has enacted a statute to regulate the party's behaviors when this type of um, thing happens. And it also discusses what parent time maybe should look like if the parties find themselves in a situation. So I want to talk about this a little bit within the context of a situation that I had come up this week, um, which kind of guides what I talk about. I, I am constantly finding new and sort of interesting interpretations of what people think and, and sort of their expectations when they engage in in a legal matter. And I guess it's just my life's mission to sort of dispel those um, misconceptions. And so I have a client, and again, I won't discuss their name. Obviously, all their, their confidentiality is protected and also changed some of the facts pattern a little bit, but that they're confidential, that this remains confidential. But um, recently I had a client who emailed me, their divorce hasn't been filed. Um, the parties have been negotiating back and forth regarding their stipulation. So this has been a very amicable process. You know, the parties have been agreeing. We're going back and forth with the opposing counsel, trying to get just a stipulation in place um, so that the divorce is filed and completed seamlessly. So this is the process that we've been um, participating in for about the last month. And then today, I'm sorry, it wasn't today. This was yesterday. But yesterday I had a client um, email me and say, well, he's decided to take the children to a different state and all negotiations are off. Whoa. And yeah, so so kind of, and that's the entire email, right? Like he doesn't know what to do. He believes that that's it. That her unilateral decision making to take the child and leave the state leaves him with zero options. And I, it's so sad, you know. I respond to those emails really quickly because I don't want my clients to think or anybody to think that that they don't at least have the ability to fight for their kid, right? At least fight for the child's best interest to, to continue to have a meaningful relationship with both parents. And the courts really do, at least in a general sense of, of these types of situations, do believe that the children are best off, it serves their best interest in the best way possible if both parents are part of their lives. And the most meaningful way to have both parents be a part of their lives is, is that they live close together. So I do think Utah law, in, in terms of changes over the years, has valued both parents a little bit more than they have maybe in the past. But my client, thinking, I, I, I hear a lot of people say this, that Utah is a mom state that, that judges only care about moms. Um, and that's not true. I think that that may have been a little bit more accurate or a little bit more true in the past. It's, I think that now it is changing a lot. I've talked about this a little bit on the program, but both parents, in terms of policy and how the legislation is written now, both parents are valuable and both parents have equal rights when the children are conceived to be able to parent their children. What a court does is come in and State, you know, who has legal rights to custody, who has physical rights to custody. But until that point, until the court sort of determines who has which rights, both parties have equal rights. Um, and 
in this situation where mom has just decided to pick up and take the child she hasn't left yet um so there luckily there are things more things that we can do because she hasn't actually left the state yet um my client does have the opportunity to request immediate relief from the court, at least to stop her from moving until the court's made a decision regarding custody. So this is a circumstance where a TRO, which we talked about last week, temporary restraining order would come in, come in handy, um, requesting that the that mom not be able to move with the child, that she be restrained from moving until the courts have made a final decision regarding custody. And the statute that sort of, um, because there's no orders in this case, there isn't a statute that that necessarily would apply, but there is a statute for relocation, and certainly the court will look to this statute um, to make a determination whether or not the, the parties should be able to leave the state while there's an ongoing custody case. So... If you have any questions, please feel free to call in. We're probably going to we're going to cut to break in about two minutes. But I do want to hear if, if anyone has um, questions or have heard different things regarding this type of issue where where mom can just pick up and leave the state. Please feel free to call in. Um, we'd love to have you. And Brian, if you'll share that number, I would be happy to. Eight zero one two five four sixteen forty. We'll take your calls at eight zero one two five four sixteen forty. You know, you said something a minute ago that really caught my attention, Haley, and and that was up to a point, um, both parties in, in one of these cases have equal rights. And I don't know why, but I've had it in my head as, as, as I've listened to you week in and week out that one of the goals of the court was to make sure things were being done equitably. But now I'm questioning, are there times where uh, the final decisions or the final applications of family law end up with an unequal outcome for the parties? I I mean, absolutely. And I definitely don't mean to say that the court's going to make sure that everything's equal. Because the word, like you said, it's equitable, right? What equitable means is that the court is going to take into consideration all of the circumstances of the parties. So every single case is different. Um, every single... <laughs> Every single circumstance is different, and the court really does try to take into consideration in family law specifically. This is family law is so unlike any other type of law. The rules of procedure are as important in family law. What really is important are the children, their best interests, and also protecting parents' constitutional rights to parent their children the way that they seem that they see fit. So, the court is doing a constant balancing act between those things, protecting the parents' rights and also protecting the rights of the children and their best interests. And certainly the outcome isn't that both parties come out equal or the same. But I will say what the court has done that's been different in the past, because those those two things have always been true, to be honest. In the state of Utah, that's been the construct of family law for many, many years. What's different now is prior in family law, there you, and it looks like we're cutting to break, but I'll get back to this Okay, example. good ear. Yes, the music is playing. Haley Dickey from Integra Law is hosting the legal program, and we'll be back after these messages.
Once again, we welcome you back to The Legal Show with Haley Dickey from Integra Law. And we're talking about family law. Haley's taking your calls at 801-254-1640. Where would you like to go in this segment? I, I wanted to just finish up. I was talking a little bit about how the laws, or at least how the courts are applying the laws, have changed a little bit. And, and the way I kind of want to talk about that is usurp the misconception that you know, moms will always win in the state of Utah, and that's just not true. Um, the courts really do take into consideration the totality of the circumstances of the parties. They look at the best interests of the children. They look at the relationship between mom and dad and also the children and each parent um, and try to assess really what custody, you know, will would be best for the child and also serve um, both parents and protect their rights to parent their kids. Um, the biggest change I would say that I think that, that I've seen, and no, I haven't, you know, I haven't been practicing during this entire change, but I am a child of divorce. (laughs) I used to clerk at the courts. I've been involved, unfortunately, with this legal system for a really long time. And the, the biggest change I would say is before where there was a status quo with women staying at home and raising the children, a lot of times women would go in with the upper hand in a custody battle because they've been the primary caregiver of the children. And I would just say that that's changing a little bit. Now the courts are giving um, the party that's been outworking and not primarily giving care to the child on a day-to-day basis the opportunity to step up and do so in these custody cases, and typically that'll be on a temporary basis at the beginning and then move into a more permanent, on a more permanent basis. The reason for that is when a party, when parties separate, there's typically no longer the ability for both part, one of the parties to stay at home and care for the children. So the children are going to be in an entirely new environment either way, whether they're with the primary caregiver or the, the person that maybe had been out of the home more, you know, both parties should have an equal standing because this isn't, you know, their family's being torn apart. This, the separation of the family is, is a new and completely different um, environment that the child is not going to be raised in. And so both parties, they really want to keep intact the relationship with both parties with the child. And I, I really like that policy. Actually, I think it's a good policy. Um, I, I'm grateful for the relationship that I have with both of my parents, and I think that it's important to continue to be able to have that relationship with with both parents, you know, in most cases. So that's kind of a little bit how it's changed. What I kind of wanted to talk about with the example that I was giving before, which is, um, you know, I, had, I received this email that one of my clients, his spouse, is taking the, ch- the children and moving from the state during their negotiations for their divorce proceeding. So, like I said, the relocation statute won't actually apply necessarily because or they have the parties haven't been ordered to comply with the relocation statute, but certainly the courts will look to this statute um, to make a determination on how they should move forward. And specifically, in the beginning part, so the statute is Utah Code Annotated 30-3-37, is the relocation statute and 
in the beginning, it goes through what notice should look like for the court. So it does say that the parent needs, the relocating parent needs to provide 60 days of advance written notice of the intended relocation to the other parent. So they have this requirement that they need to give at least 60 days notice. Um, the other party then has an opportunity to object to the move and, and file a motion with the court. The court, it says in Section 3, the court shall, upon motion of any party or upon the court's own motion, schedule a hearing with notice to review the notice of relocation and parent time schedule. So they'll review this decision, you know, this unilateral decision of the other party to move the children out of the state. It says specifically that in determining if the relocation of a custodial parent is in the best interest of the child, they have to consider additional factors. So they have to look at the best interest of the children and also consider the reason for the parent's location, additional costs or difficulty to both parties in exercising parent time, economic resources of both parents, and other factors that the court considers necessary and relevant. And a lot of times the court will look at why is the parent moving. And to be honest, in a lot of these situations, a lot of the time it's to move closer to family. Um, it's because of a new job opportunity or sometimes it's to get away from the other party. And typically the court will, won't accept that it's to get away from the other party. Most people aren't as honest either to say, you know, outright that they're moving because they want to get away from the other party. Um it's really compelling to the courts when the par- the relocating party has a compelling job opportunity. Um, typically, the courts want parties to to have those good economic opportunities, and so they won't. You know, they're kind of weighing this good economic opportunity for one of the parents versus the child and the improved ability for the parent to provide for the child versus how this will affect the relationship the child has with the non-relocating parent. So the court does, and you know, I've been a participant in these hearings. I've, I've, I've represented clients in these situations before, and the court really does look at all of the circumstances of the parties or the circumstances that are presented to them, right? And I would just say, I tell my clients this all the time, it's best, from the court's perspective, it's just best if both parents live in the state, in the same state. And I've seen courts tell clients not to move, not patrons. I've seen them tell, you know, those those parties in front of them that they should not be moving because it's not in the best interest of the kid, of the children. So... The purpose of me talking about this is I, I just want to kind of highlight that there are options. Just because the party's been a primary quote-unquote caregiver forever doesn't mean that they they get to make these unilateral decisions without you being able to um, advocate for both your, your rights and also the rights of your children to have a, a meaningful relationship with you. Um, and it's important to know, too, there's... You know, you can file those TROs, those temporary restraining orders, to restrain the party from moving until there's been further ability to discover evidence and to get all the facts in front of the court before the court's going to make a determination whether or not the party can move. And a lot of times, I mean, there are circumstances, obviously, that wouldn't allow for 
um, the amount of time that it takes to sort of get all the evidence in front of the court, and the court will make quick decisions sometimes. But most of the time, especially if it's just a move to, to be closer to family, things like that, they want to leave Utah, whatever, the court's going to say you need to stay until there's a final decision made regarding custody. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that I... <laughs> When my, my client, my poor client that sent me that email, you know, just completely distressed, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to, to tell him there are options, there's things that we can do, and, and we're moving forward that way. So, Let's give people some information so they can get a hold of you. We're down to, uh, we're down to just a little over 30 seconds left, but how do people reach you if, if they need your services? Sure. My name is Haley Dickey, and I work for Integra Law. Our number is 801-876-5297. And I'd be happy to do a free consultation with you. Mention the radio show that you heard me on the radio show. And like I said, I'd be happy to do that consultation. Um, And like I always say, please, please, please talk to an attorney. If you find yourself in these types of situations where there are custody disputes or questions regarding relationship with family members, please call an attorney and consult with them regarding those matters. Okay, very good. Haley, we'll talk again next week. Great. Thanks, Brian. Have a good one. All right. Stand by for Remember Me with Intervivos coming up next.